if you haven't said the following, you have probably felt the following over the past few weeks. This is too much. When will this end? Is this March 2020? <laughs> you are allowed to laugh in church. If you said or felt something along this spectrum, you are not alone. Life has been difficult for the past year and a half in general and the past few weeks in particular. Between the exponential rise of the Delta variant and the compounding complications of the climate crisis, we assemble tonight with a heaviness not felt in a few months, probably. It is okay to enter this place burdened by the changes and chances of this transitory life. When we hear the scriptures read, music played, and experience the sights and aromas of this holy place, we are bringing before God our whole selves, not just the churchy, acceptable bits of ourselves. We are bringing before God all that we've been and all that we are. Every place we've gone, every person we've loved, every hurt we've known. We are bringing before God this pandemic and this climate crisis, the smoke outside and the incense inside. And that is what it means to pray, to respond to God by thought and by deeds with or without words. God begins the conversation inside of us and we continue it. It is in this never-ending current of love between us and God and others that we hear Jesus say, my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me and I in them. This is the awakening God is patiently waiting for us to have. As we spend our lives in the routine of the sacramental life, opening our palms, and our mouths and our lives to receive Christ, we are tasting the deepest realities of life. When consecrated bread is placed in our open palms, a posture of childlike vulnerability, and there's really nothing like an infant or a toddler being held by a parent who doesn't know that they're not supposed to receive communion, <laughs> and instinctually, when they see that piece of bread, their hands reach out. And it's amazing that that 
is the very posture and gesture that we as adults or older children imitate in young children or infants or toddlers. And I lost my place. <laughs> We're tasting the deepest realities of life. And when that consecrated bread, let's say that again, is placed in our open palms, a posture of childlike vulnerability, we say, Amen. And that's the Hebrew word for yes, or may it be so. When we say amen, we are saying yes to God. We are saying yes to love. We are saying yes to every gift that God has in store for us. We are saying yes to our finitude, to our humanity, and we are saying yes to the whole created world. And sometimes our yes is not even profound at all. Sometimes it is a faint pinch that reminds us we are here and we are alive. And that may just be the good news somebody needs to hear today. You are here and you are alive. You've made it this far. It might be in your best interest to keep going. Can I get an amen? Somebody said amen. 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 You're here, you're alive. And that's a good place to start. And that's where God starts with all of us. With Eve and Adam, they were there and they were alive and God had something in store for them. Sarah and Abraham, they were there and they were alive and God had a path for them. Tomorrow the church will mark the feast of the ever-blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Mother of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it was her yes to God that made the incarnation possible. I was just reading um, someone's Facebook post, actually, who um, was quoting Rowan Williams, who's one of my favorite theologians and poets and a former Archbishop of Canterbury. And he says, there are only three people who are named in the creed. I'd never thought about this. Three people are named in the creed. Jesus, Mary, and Pontius Pilate. And on one side of Jesus is Mary, the person whose yes makes Jesus possible. And on the other side of Jesus is Pontius Pilate, whose no makes something very different possible. And I'm not really into binary choices and spirituality. That's not really um, the universe in which I orbit. 
And I'm not saying that you have a choice today. You're either, you know, you're either Mary or Pilate. Make your choice. We're not that kind of church. But there is something to say about the fact that inside of each of us, and obviously you're here, so you, you've answered some form of an invitation from God today. And that's all that prayer is at its heart, at its best, at its worst, is responding to God with or without words. God initiates the conversation and we continue it. And when that piece of bread is placed in your hand tonight, maybe that is that somatic reminder that you are still here, you are still alive, and you have said yes to God. And I have a little bit more good news for you tonight. I come bearing good news. That's all we do here. God is rooting for you. And we, the body of Christ, are rooting for you to live, to flourish, to thrive. The days ahead do not appear to be easy, but they will be bearable because you are still here, because God is with you, because Christ is the true bread who will give you the hope and imagination you need to get out of bed tomorrow and say yes once again to the beauty and mystery of love. Now, I know you're Episcopalians or you're Episcopal adjacent, but I'm going to ask you something. I'm going to ask you to do something that I grew up doing in church, in my Black Baptist church in Fort Worth, Texas. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. Say, neighbor. You are still here. You are alive. And God has great things in store for you. Let's say that again. Neighbor, you are still here. You are still alive. And God has great things in store for you.